C.S. Lewis said, what do you mean? And his friend said, well, isn't it good that we know more than they did? I'm afraid that you will have to explain, said Lewis. Well, isn't it good that we now know that virgins don't have babies? C.S. Lewis looked at him incredulously and said, don't you think they knew that? That is the whole point. Virgins don't have babies. Now, I've talked before, uh, and I probably will talk again, about how often when I say I'm a Christian, when we say we're Christians, atheists will, lock and, will mock and laugh at us for believing in what they call fairy tales. Most uh, notably, Dawkins said that fairy tales, miracles were, uh, were propaganda for uh, n those who are naive and uh, the gullible. All the while asking for evidence about a creator God. That seems a little bit incongruous. That seems uh, you know, a little bit paradoxical, doesn't it? All the miracles in the Bible, and those are fairy tales, but give us evidence for a creator God, the God who designed the universe. Now, of all the miracles in the Bible, with the possible exception of the resurrection, the virgin birth is the most well-known. Certainly, it is the most widely celebrated. And I've heard it also said that the term virgin in the Bible can be interpreted as young maid. So it doesn't mean what we Christians think that it means. But if you read the context, you can see that it cannot mean anything else. Now, let me share with you. I'm going to have a look at. This is from Isaiah, which was over 700 years before Jesus' birth. And we have manuscripts from Isaiah from the Dead Sea Scrolls. And Matthew uh, chapter 1, Matthew's Gospel chapter 1, refers back to chapter 7 of Isaiah and says, let's read from verse, um, verse 13. Here, here then, O house of David, is it too late for you to weary men that you weary my God also therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign behold the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel he shall eat curds and honey when he knows how to refuse the evil and choose the good And back in Matthew 1, if we uh, go down to verse 18, we can see that that is there in verse 23. He refers to it. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they, they shall call his name Emmanuel. So not only is it in the original Aramaic, it's also in the Greek. But Matthew 1 also says from verse, uh, let's see, from verse uh, 18, this is here um here then O house of israel where are we it's bizarre sorry sorry uh so from, from verse 18 we say it says when his mother mary had been betrothed to joseph 
before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband, Joseph, being just a man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And why else do you think Joseph would have wanted to divorce her, except that she was with child? Do you think that they didn't know back then that virgins do not have babies? Do you think that they were so primitive they didn't know where babies came from? I think not. Joseph knew that virgins don't have babies. And being the honorable guy that he was, he chose and plans to divorce her quietly because by law, she could have been stoned as an adulteress and he didn't want that. And in verse 24, we see this. Uh, when Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but he knew her not until she had given birth to a son and he called his name Jesus. But today I want to talk less about the miracle of virgin birth, which uh, admittedly is what Christmas is all about, but also about Mary. And I want to make two points about Mary. Let's stop sharing this for now. So my first point about Mary is that Mary is nobody special. That seems like a very strange point to make, uh, given that I'm talking about her. Mary was nobody special. And I'm gonna to jump to uh, Luke's gospel this time. Luke chapter one, starting from verse 26, I've got up on screen. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Nazareth, sorry, city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her saying, greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what, what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and he will be called the son of the most high and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom and of his kingdom, there will be no end. And you can see the echoes of that from the passage that was read earlier in Isaiah nine of the kingdom. There will be no end. Verse 34. And Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the most high will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called holy, the son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age 
has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month of her with her, who, is called, who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be, uh, be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Now, some Catholics and Orthodox Christians and high church Christians will pray to Mary and revere her. And there are, I'm sure that you will know that there are enough churches, schools and organizations that I have started, uh, uh, are, uh, have started uh, with her name. But the Bible doesn't tell us to do any of that. The Bible makes it clear that Mary is very human and very, very ordinary. But we can also see, uh, sometimes lose the impact, and we're very familiar with this passage, aren't we? We can, we can sometimes lose the impact of just how ordinary Mary is. Luke makes it very clear to those who can read the signs. And if we, as we have been studying Luke for the last, uh, well, last academic year, we see that Luke take great, takes great pains to record things in detail, historically and accurately and scientifically. He is a doctor by training. Two Sundays ago, I spoke about how Zechariah, Elizabeth's husband, who is also the father of John the Baptist, how special he was. He was a priest who was serving in the temple. Elizabeth too was from the line of Aaron in a long tradition of barren women where angels had appeared and promised them a very special son. And so we see the setup for John the Baptist that this boy will be incredibly special. By contrast, we see Mary. God has passed over the palaces in Jerusalem and the temple in Jerusalem, passed even over Judah and the tribe of Benjamin, the two remaining tribes that were part of Israel. And they've gone straight to Galilee. So unremarkable that at the start of uh, John's gospel, Nathaniel, one of the disciples, asked, can anything good come from Nazareth? Just to put it into our context, it might be something like Singaporeans saying, can anything good come from JB? I think you've probably heard that before. And if you go into Singapore, you live in JB, isn't it dangerous there? Can anything good come from there? It's just a backwater, isn't it? Such is the terrible uh, reputation that JB has among Singaporeans. The Galileans, likewise, were seen to be backwater country people. How can God choose somebody who comes from Galilee? And furthermore, Jesus was born in a stable, in a feeding trough for sheep. Could there be any greater contrast that Luke makes between Elizabeth, who is the, the wife of a well-respected uh, priest and from the good line to Mary. Yes, 
Joseph comes from uh, the line of David, as does Mary, as we see from the two genealogies. But Mary is incredibly young. She's so young that she isn't yet married. And we see nothing else special about her. Luke takes great pains to record everything accurately and investigate everything accurately. As you read Luke, he has obviously gone to interview and the scholars believe that he had even interviewed Mary about everything here. It says nothing more. He says nothing more about Mary. So fragile is her humanity that it's there for everyone to see. So why is it that God chooses this young, frightened nobody to give birth to Jesus, the most special son in all of history? Now, this Christmas, um, I have been enjoying the new Marvel series, Hawkeye. Um, and if you haven't watched it, well, Hawkeye is one of the Avengers, super, you know, superheroes, etc. Uh, and in the last episode, just out this week, his successor, this young girl called Kate Bishop, she says she gives a speech that just sums up how special Hawkeye is. And why the fans love him so much. She says that he taught her that you don't need to be able to fly or shoot lasers out of his hands to fight and save the world. Hawkeye is fragile and he's human. And after a while of fighting, he becomes partially deaf. Yet he fights along, alongside gods and superheroes and superhuman uh, people to save the world. And he holds his own among them. And because of that, the fans love him. Now, if Mary was a queen or had some kind of superpower, or if she had lived an especially holy life, then how else are we to relate to her? In the Gospels, you will, if you've read the Gospels, you will be very familiar with the character of Peter, Simon, who was then named Peter. And this is what makes Peter special. He's brash and he's loud and he always speaks before he thinks and he jumps in with two feet, so much so that he, we cringe when we read about him. He seems like the comedy uh, buffoon. He never ending, uh, never fails to get himself into trouble. But the Bible is full of characters like this. The Bible is full of God choosing ordinary people, ordinary failed, flawed humans to do his most amazing work. He uses them and he uses us in our weakness to demonstrate his glory. So my first point was this, that Mary is nobody special. And it brings me to my second point, which almost I'm almost finished, so you'll be glad of that. My second point is this, Mary is the most special person in all the world. 
and I've already touched on this. Why is Mary the most special person in all the world? Not because of anything that she has done, but because God chose her. The angel Gabriel comes to Mary and says, Greetings, O favoured one, the Lord is with you. Let's just jump up back up to that. Greetings, O favoured one, the Lord is with you. God chose Mary to give birth to the Son of God, and that's what makes her special. All she has to do now is to obey and follow. Sadly, when asking about uh, people about what they hate about Christians or what they think about Christians, you don't even need to ask about what they hate about Christians, what they think about Christians, you will often hear, and you probably already can tell me all of the things that they would say, hypocritical, arrogant, holier than thou, self-righteous. That's sad, isn't it? This Christmas, I want you to think about what you as a Christian, if you're a Christian here today, what you've done to earn God's favour. To have that promise, promised place, not only of heaven, but to be adopted into his family. And the truth that I hope you come to is that you have done nothing. There is nothing that we can do to win God's favour. But if you are a Christian, he chose you. He chose us. In the book of Romans, Paul talks, he lists his credentials. The fact that he was born under the right star, born into the right clan. And that he is a Pharisee and he calls himself the Pharisee of Pharisees and he was tutored under the right people. And he says all of that is meaningless. All of that is nothing. Except that he was chosen by God. And that is what he, is pri he takes pride in. There is no room in the Christian life for pride. Just humble acceptance and the realization that we must respond in service to him. Mary is the example to us simply because there is nothing special about Mary. And yet she is the most special person in the world. And let me just pray. Father, in this great birth. You came into the world to declare yourself. This miracle declared yourself to the world. And you came to save us from our sins. Father, we thank you that for this incarnation of your great glory. And Lord, we pray that at this Christmas, we can know how to respond to that. In Jesus' name.